0: Hello and welcome to the first edition of We Ain't Got No Podcast where your host Jay Wilmington will be doing a solo act here. So I uh, apologize in advance for not having somebody with me today, but I just wanted to get some thoughts on on tape here regarding a, a couple of Chelsea's uh, incoming signings that they've made in the last week. And then actually last night, Chelsea played their first preseason match in a return to action after a couple of months off, uh, made the trip out to Los Angeles a couple days ago and kind of toured around uh, Todd Bowley showing the Blues around the uh, LA Dodgers facility and those guys kind of taking part of the festivities out in LA and then went on to Las Vegas where last night they took on Club America who had actually already played two games to start their season in Liga MX and Turned out to be a pretty good uh, test for a first preseason match for Chelsea and figured it was uh, a good time to chat a little bit about that and look at look forward um, to the additional preseason matches coming up for Chelsea and then, you know, before long, in just a couple weeks, we'll all be watching Premier League football action once again. So, um, you know, before we jump into that match, as I said, it, just just a couple of thoughts. First on Raheem Sterling. Uh, obviously, he was the first signing made by the Chelsea men's team this summer. Um lots of lots is known obviously about sterling having been in the premier league having played for both liverpool and city and been an england national uh, player you know everybody knows raheem sterling quite well unless you've been under a rock for the last 10 years and you know what? What he brings to the Chelsea team, um, obviously, an explosive, explosive attacking talent. Um, he's dangerous in one-on-one situations. He has scored over 100 goals. Uh, you know, he he is. Uh, I always think those the players coming from Manchester City are a little bit difficult to maybe um, track as far as just um, you know. A, that team it's it statistically is such a anomaly in so many amazing uh, attacking ways that you know it, trying to kind of look at the numbers people put up on the Man City team and then say you know how is that going to correlate down to a Chelsea or, or another team uh, in the Premier League let alone some other league in Europe I think it's pretty difficult but but what I, what I do see with Raheem Sterling is a guy that's really well, very well known to um, several of his attack partners in the Chelsea squad, I think in particular Mason Mount. Um, I'm, I'm very much looking forward to some of the connection there between those two players. I think Sterling, um, you know, I think the big question will be, uh, is, is he the finisher that has been missing a little bit from the Chelsea team? I don't think he'll be a out-and-out out number nine for Chelsea, but I think he'll be an option to lead the line. Uh, along with Kai Havertz, Christian Pulisic, um, among, amongst others. Um, and, and we'll see, maybe Chelsea will make a, a signing of a forward before the window's over. But, uh, you know, as they're currently focused on bringing in um, a couple additional defensive signings, I, I, it doesn't appear that will be the case. I think Sterling, uh, you know, he brings uh, somebody who's really familiar with the league, as, as we've talked about. And I don't think that can be understated. You look at some of the... Uh, some of the trouble some of the attackers have had transitioning into the Premier League. Chelsea's brought in recently and in Timo Werner, uh, even uh, Hakeem Ziyech to a degree, you know, obviously different kinds of players than, than Raheem Sterling. But it's so nice to know this is a guy that can that can do it and put up big numbers in this league. And it, and it there should be no expectation that it's going to take, you know, months to see him kind of come come into his own and be at his best obviously getting into a new team playing a new style uh, I don't know that we'll see Raheem Sterling of City put up numbers you know uh, immediately but I but I think he'll be a a very big impact I think sometimes when you bring in a player from a from a rival there's a little bit of you know uh it's not as sexy so to speak yeah uh to than somebody maybe a um, a young player with tons of potential that that nobody quite knows or they know a little about and have seen a you know a goal comp compilation uh, and thinking about what might be but I think again Sterling is a, it should be a pretty exciting player to join the squad and and some somebody that we should all be pretty excited about. Um, and then, of course, on the other end of the pitch, um, Chelsea, after losing Antonio Rudiger and Andreas Christensen, still yet to see the, you know, Cesar Azpilicueta, his fate yet to be determined, talk ongoing that he may join Barcelona as early as next week, although that's not a foregone uh, conclusion. Uh, so, you know, uh, Caledou Kulabali comes in um, from Napoli on a, on a big big money signing, especially for a 31 year old uh, defender. But I think you know a, a player that um, I you know I'm not an expert in Serie A, but a player that Napoli has seen as kind of the the rock of their defense for some time, and a player who um, by all accounts is not only somebody that leads the back line in you know a, in a professional manner on the field, but also in the dressing room and a guy that. Um, is somebody that really should be again with Thiago Silva already in the defensive center back mix for Chelsea? Um, you bring in another over thirty player who is very experienced, but also um, is well positioned to um, be a support for young uh, center backs as they grow at Chelsea. Guys like um, you know uh, Trevor Chaloba, um, hopefully Levi Colwell still not gonna isn't is going to be in that that list because obviously rumors circling. Uh, by the hour, about all of the various interests around him, particularly as Chelsea continue to look at Jules Kounde and uh, Kempembe from uh, PSG, and, and and if Chelsea, you know, bring in more defensive options along with Koulibaly, um, not sure what will become of Cole Will, but you know, going back to Koulibaly, I just think he'll be a player that, um, as long as he can he can stay healthy, uh, will be a, a just. You know, put him on the team sheet. One of the first names every time in, in that back line for Chelsea, um, because he's somebody that has has won um, a lot of a lot of matches. is an incredibly experienced player, um, and, and can also should be able to deal with the physicality of of the Premier League. You know, I think. Um, is a guy that is, you know, a very solid, good positioning defender. Uh, has has okay pace, but again, at 31 years old, I don't think he's a guy that you want to get isolated against some of the top end speed in the Premier League. But, um, you know, with a, with Chelsea looking um, as they did last night against Club America to to continue to look at the three center back, uh, you know, f- five back if you will, with the wing back system, I think he's going to slot in there, um, you know, consistently match after match. Um, you know, can obviously play center back in a back four if that's what Chelsea decides to do as well. But, um, you know, again, mostly what we've seen out of them is is a proclivity to um, go on and, you know, kind of play that back five. Um, so, you know, go, going on from that, we'll see how those – neither neither player got to actually um, contribute last night, both just getting in with the team uh, to initially to Los Angeles, now to Las Vegas, and, um, you know, as Thomas Tuchel said prior to the match with, with – both, you know, especially Sterling, Kulabali really had no chance to feature. But with Sterling not having time to uh, really get into the full mix of training with the with the squad in Los Angeles, wasn't really able to consider him for any match time last night. But um, first and foremost, no injuries. I think that's especially um, man. There's been some some preseason and just some uh, mid season exhibition. Uh, injuries, I think, of Ruben Loftus-Cheek, I think N'Golo, N'Golo Conte picked one up uh, a couple years ago as well. Uh, you, I mean, you just kind of hold your breath during these uh, preseason matches, There's especially, you know, as things are a little tight late on in that match and there starts to be a little bit of it, it feels a little like a regular season match with players. Um, Starting to pick up intensity a little bit. You just really um, so happy to get out of there with everybody healthy. Um, You know, this day after the match, haven't heard any reports come out of any injuries behind the scenes or anything that didn't we didn't see right away that kind of crept up after the match. Um, We'll obviously keep an eye on that going into the match against uh, FC Charlotte um, on Wednesday to make sure you know who's available, especially with 22 different players all getting to see the pitch uh, for Chelsea and. In fact, they started out, the, the way they got the 22 players on the pitch was just straight 11, you know, a full swap of 11 players at halftime. Uh, we saw first half, you know, obviously when you, when you play 22 players, you're not really going to have probably a first and a second team. It's going to be kind of a mix of, of players that you expect to be in kind of the everyday starting 11 and then some players that will be, you know, part of the squad rotation uh, but but it was really nice first and foremost to see Ben Chowell I think back back in the lineup uh, after after seeing him miss so much of last year uh, you know there's been some some focus on him and he's been part of the media um, availability to talk about the the frustration of, of having of what he's had to kind of overcome and, and his excitement to be back with the Chelsea team and and what he wants to bring right back to the team and you know um, obviously somebody that the club hasn't forgotten about, but did have to play such a large stretch of last season without that, you know, I think with his return, um, you know, you you talk about some of these guys that aren't new signings, but but you've dealt with out for so long, and if they can come back to their full speed and come back quickly, you know, it will feel, it'll have the impact of a a new signing in many ways. Um, You know, another player a little bit, in that vein, Connor Gallagher, um, obviously not coming back from injury, but coming back from his loan out at Crystal Palace last season. And, and you know, Connor just, I think he was kind of the standout performer last night for Chelsea, at least in the first half, um, particularly the first 30 minutes. Uh, you know, I, I, I noted on Twitter last night during the match, he was kind of the standout guy during that first 30 minutes um i think he's a guy that that presses really well i mean he, he has high energy he works hard but he's not reckless energy he's not pulling himself constantly out of position just to kind of show that he's giving effort uh he's a smart player he reads pr- the 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 high press uh, uh, especially when he's a pass or two away kind of ahead of time and then you know he, he jumps he jumps the passing lanes quickly and and you know you saw time and time again where somebody would received the ball and didn't have time really to make a touch or take a turn because Gallagher had read that and was on him and and you know he's good with his feet too quick with able to go in knock the ball away and not create the foul and he's got you know he's not a huge guy but he goes in you know he's physical um you know Patrick Vieira talked about that during his time at Crystal Palace that he was a guy that was, you know, you just see the it, it, the energy, the aggression, all all the time. And and again, um, as I was saying, it's not kind of misplaced and just youthful exuberance. He's actually got um, it, it's it's well well thought out his his plan. And and I think we're going to see a number of goals, especially if he can continue to get on get on the pitch for Thomas Tuchel this season. I think Galger will be a creator in transition because, you know, he you saw it last night when. Kai Havertz had a chance with the left foot, and he blasted it over the bar. Probably, Ch- you know, obviously Chelsea's best opportunity of the first half. But Gallagher kind of creates creates a turnover uh, in the high midfield, and then immediately is looking to attack and play th- play through a defender. And that combination of being able to be aggressive, create a turnover, and then drive forward and and make that pass to create the you know it it, it doesn't have to take two three passes or, or multiple stages of play to kind of go from him being a defender taking over possession and then creating something out of it immediately. Um, it was unfortunate, obviously for Conager, that, that Kai couldn't put it away and that he couldn't get that assist last night, but you just saw um, um, that, that spark and how, how quickly he could kind of create for Chelsea and then, you know, just look comfortable on the ball. Um, if you're going to play in that midfield role and you're going to only have a couple of guys in the central midfield, you've got to be solid on the ball because we've seen at times with Chelsea when they get a little careless in, in a, in a you know, five-back or, or three-center-back system with just two two real midfielders. Um, if you get careless in there and, and lose the ball, you can get bypassed really quickly, and, and suddenly you've got multiple attackers coming right at your center-backs. And yet Gallagher, I thought, was able to, you know, um, push, push the envelope a little bit going forward without necessarily, um, you know, sacrificing the the stability in the midfield without giving the ball away aimlessly or trying to make you know a play that was maybe you know not really there uh just to try to make an impression so you know his performance really stood out one of those things i think about guys just getting you know 45 minutes and a half uh you know you'd like to see him come out and, and come out after halftime and see how they've settled into the game and, and and again priority being health and guys just just getting a few minutes and lots of different players to get on the pitch um very understandable that he only played the 45 along with his uh, you know the other 10 guys that started the match with him but uh, I think Connor's a guy that you know we've, we've heard in recent weeks that Thomas Tuchel's expressed his desire to have Gallagher be part of the Chelsea squad and I don't think he would do that unless he felt like it was he was gonna be a significant part of the squad um, and so you saw last night why why that really has a has a um, bright Possibility um, for this upcoming season For, for Chelsea um, You know another thing I think that was really Nice uh, to see again uh, Just uh, to Callum Hudson-Odoi he'd heard a lot I don't think he had a real um, Impressive or notable match last night I think He played you know he played out wide And was Partly just because of the way Chelsea plays and they force Everything so wide and along with their wing backs. I mean it, you, he gets forced out So wide doesn't get to attack the middle of the field or attack one-on-ones into the box and create some of the havoc that, you know, that he can. Uh, but it was great to see him back. You could see the fitness, you know, talked a lot about that, um, about coming back, uh, you know, early from the summer and spending most, almost all of the summer just back um, getting in the best shape of his life. And you could really see it last night. And, uh, you know, something that maybe last night didn't immediately kind of jump off the page. I'd, I thought maybe we'd see um, kind of the same way Gallagher really just jumped off the page in the first 30 minutes of that match. I thought we might see the same from Cho. I just thought, you know, given given His his focus this summer, that might be But again, I, I think that was the fact he wasn't Was more of a case of, you know uh, what Where he kind of was Within the team in the match and, and the way the match Was played more so than any, you know uh, Mistakes that he made or any uh, You know, being being inefficient when he was On the ball. Uh, I also didn't think You know, he tried to particularly force anything just To, to say, you know, try to try To get some uh, make an impact or show like hey I am gonna be force myself to be a big focal part of this team. So um, you know, and, and then again, the rest of the lineup, you know, Keppa was back in goal. Who knows if Keppa's gonna be around, it's always a little bit uh, I I'm actually a pretty big Keppa fan. I know obviously he's an incredibly polarizing figure at Chelsea, but uh if you know, I'm fine obviously if Keppa gets sold, but with the wages he's on and, and it's 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 probably pretty unlikely um, played the first half and then was replaced by Bettinelli, who, you know, I guess was most notably on the pitch for, for the own goal that that, that Reese James, um, unfortunately, <laughs> passed right back uh, in about the softest pass Reese will make all year right back into his own net. Um, but, you know, starting, starting back line, chalobo and Silva, I thought, were really excellent. Uh, they, you know, just, just quietly, very solid. Uh, Tiago Silva almost scored on a, on a... Uh, quarter kick early early in the er i guess it was about halfway through the through the first half off the of zsh corner um but i you know chaloba nothing real flashy obviously but that's kind of the name of his game he's just so solid he he really kind of like he did in preseason last last year he just came out and didn't put a foot wrong and and just kind of Rarely did last season, uh, obviously didn't get quite the playing time he'd hoped for, but really should be more time for him this year, particularly obviously dependent a little on the additional signings Chelsea put into their back line um, before the end of the transfer window. But but Chaloba with a good start, uh, claiming more minutes uh, as part of that Chelsea back line, uh, you know, a couple guys I probably, hopefully, won't see a ton of this year in a Chelsea shirt. Um, nothing, nothing against the players at all. Just part of kind of this the bloated squad that Chelsea has, um, and and players maybe uh, either younger, uh, more ceiling, or players that just um, you know uh, that should be ahead. But you know, Ross Barkley there in the middle. Ismail Assar also played uh, in in the back line. Uh, Kennedy. It just seems like preseason after preseason, we see we see Kennedy show up and. Um, he hung around the club, obviously, a little bit last year as, as just emergency backup um, for, for Chilwell with with um, Emerson Emerson out um, in Italy last year. But, uh, you know, guys that we probably won't see again, I knock on wood, I, I think if we're seeing Kennedy, Ross Barkley, Ismail Assar put on a lot of minutes for Chelsea, then something's probably not gone according to plan. Uh, and whether that's from an injury perspective or um, just, yeah maybe an unexpected squad departure or uh geez I I guess I don't know what else it would take but but you know really more part of the part of the preseason squad depth than anything and then mentioned Kai Havertz he was he started and and really just had you know one one really good chance that he spurned but um you know it was good to see Kai back in there didn't didn't you know, it just looked like preseason, Kai. It just looked a little rusty, uh, didn't have a ton of individual chances, missed the one he did, but, uh, you know, I'm not I'm not too worried about Kai. He really came on strong last season, and, you know, I expect him to have a really solid year now that he's, he's even more settled in at the club. And uh, then the mass substitutions at halftime because we really didn't have much to happening in the first half, like you said Halvards had a good chance. Silva had a decent chance. Um, you know, there were there were some nice plays in there. We talked about Gallup Kirby and strong, but but really just not a lot going on in either way. And so halftime brought on eleven new players for Chelsea, and that was mentioned Bettinelli and goal and then uh came on in the back line along with Emerson, who played left center back because out of left wing back was Alonso came on. And then James was also, uh, he took over his spot at right wing back. Ampadu came in, and then Jorginho, Mount, Pulisic, Batshuayi, and Werner all came on to start the second half. And I thought, you know, it, it's got to be hard for both teams to some degree um, to play you know, to reset like that much at halftime, whether even if you're the opposing team and and America, you know, Club America made, uh, they ended up making seven substitutions on the night, but really six of those came after the 60th minute. So just think about that's got to be a strange experience to play 11 guys, go to halftime, come back. And it's, it is literally a different, 11 players um and you know I, whether the whether the advantage of that point is kind of on the fresher team or, or the one that's kind of had 45 minutes to get their feet wet i don't know especially preseason probably neither here nor there but um after 10 minutes in the second half finally the game saw a little bit of saw, saw the first goal of the matches timo Werner on his second attempt chelsea worked the ball really nicely down the right side and then you know Werner able to put it away from right at the six yard box right in front of the goal on the second second chance of second time of asking and you know I never got a really good look it's not really worth it to go back and see but uh he the first attempt hits Bachuya and I'm not sure it doesn't hit Bachuya in an, in an outstretched left left hand which would have been about the most Timo Werner Michi Bachuya thing ever to have Timo miss an empty net because Batchuai handballed it inside of the six-yard box. But, it, in fact, the ball was it was just ruled a deflection, came right back to Werner, and he was able to smash it right back into the net. This time Batchuai kind of saw the shot coming and jumped out of the way, so uh, they were able to, you know, uh, avoid round two of the pinball act. But, uh, you know, Werner kind of doing what he does, uh, you know, maybe not being uh, – w- clinical on that first attempt but again it's hard to do when your own players blocking your shot but he you know it's it's kind of right place right time and, and he's there to to convert and you know with Timo we talk so often about confidence and trying to just get a little bit of that I thought back to I think it was last season um at, against uh Brighton in preseason he, he scored a nice goal it was a, a Sh uh, it was the match he got hurt in against Brighton but he'd, he made a really really uh, beautiful cross uh from deep on the on the right flank into uh, werner who controlled well and scored and it was like ooh, man this is something here and obviously that wasn't kind of didn't tell the story of how the season would go for werner but uh, again hopefully with this preseason another chance to kind of um just get an opportunity to build a little more confidence and just see himself put the ball in the back of the net and uh you know again right now without Chelsea with a really clear and obvious uh number nine you know Timo Werner certainly has got to be really wanting and expecting to put a claim uh to his name being on the team sheet almost week in and week out because while Kai Havertz is probably option number one I you know Werner's uh, just a unique they're, they're such different players Werner will play You know all, Alongside another striker Sometimes Or he'll play out wide Not probably his best Out there out left But you know he, He's going to play Different positions But if he can start Scoring some goals Obviously uh, I think Tuchel Really wants to have him On the pitch so he works really hard he's, he's, he's a pretty effective Part of their high press And he has good energy So he really doesn't Seem to You know Wear out as the match Goes on He can he You know He he kind of almost Becomes stronger In the second half As, as the um, as the opposing team around him Starts to slow down um, But you know t- uh, Chelsea just kind of uh, <laughs> Made probably what I hope will be their biggest Mistake of the season just shortly after They got that goal from Werner and that was Just on a complete miscommunication Between Reese James and, and and Marco Bettinelli on a back pass James uh, gets it out on the right side and he Turns the pass back to Bettinelli who had moved across The other side of the box and, and just Off on the wrong foot uh, Just rolls right in the back of that, and that's always obviously, uh, you know, one that's fun for the – not so much fun for the Chelsea fans, certainly fun for the Club America fans there, particularly after just falling behind. I think, you know, at the end of the day, you'd still probably rather have one of – you know, a, a excellent goal like Chelsea got out of Mason Mount – uh, than an own goal, but still kind of I guess fun for the other side when they you know to see, to see the other team pass it right into their own net. Um, fortunately, like the announcers right you know rightly said this is if you're gonna do it, this is the time to do it and, and the one time where uh, you kind of can just laugh it off because obviously, Get down the get get down the road or two, and you pass one into your net. You'll be uh, getting that one will be showing up on your Twitter timeline under your mentions for about the next six months from all your your rival fans. That's for sure. So, you know, not not necessarily the brightest spot for Reese James, but you know, nobody's worried about Reese James. I'm quite sure. And then uh, I thought you know, Christian Pulisic had a nice little spell. Obviously, I think in America, uh, you know, I think <laughs> it's unfair to say I You know, it's unfair to say oh he you know. Christian Blitz had a nice, nice little spell, and it's probably because he's in his home country. But you know, something—it it makes logical sense that a guy who's got this—you uh, know—looking to make his name and and be part of the the well you know to have a little larger contribution for the club than Christian's had he's had it in spells he's he's had it for stretches but it just hasn't been with with the consistency i know he'd like whether that be form or just due to staying healthy um and so you know a chance once again for him to come in and really stamp his name on the team sheet and be back in play you know uh, you know it's a big country being from pennsylvania i don't know how you know being in las vegas i'm not sure how much that feels like home but it, i probably more than than being over in the UK and so he gets to be uh gets to be back home and and you know didn't finish I think a little I think you know the announcers at least on the stream on the stream I saw you know on, on he had a headed chance uh, on a on a pretty good left-footed cross from Emerson it was a pretty sweeping cross pretty hard and he had to jump way out in front just to make contact and put the header over that's a pretty tough chance I think even for a big number nine who's a you know like a Giroux who's known for having pretty good you know heading ability in the box obviously not necessarily Pulisic's uh forte I've seen him score a handful of headed goals and and actually has a pretty good header for for a guy of his size and um, but you know that 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 was probably his best scoring chance. Uh, although uh, I think he had one other shot, a pretty good shot from the right side of the box um, on goal that was saved. And just you know, was kind of that spark, but kind of the same old story with Pulisic—a little bit of just you know creates a spark, looks bright in spots, and then just didn't wasn't able to wasn't able to finish it. At least at least last night he wasn't. Um, but the man who was the man, the myth, the legend, Mason Mount comes on and and uh, I don't know if you guys saw it, but at least <laughs> I saw on Twitter last night that uh, in the stadium in Allegiant Stadium, that when he scored, it, it uh, they, he was put up on the on the scoreboard as Mason Hunt, which just tells you about all you need to know that you know here here they are on this huge huge tour to get all you know uh, really highlighting uh, how much uh, focus there is on this team over here in America, and yet probably you know the guy who just is the Heart and soul of Chelsea and their best player the last two seasons Uh, they don't may or may not even know what his name is you know but anyway neither here nor there Mason Mount with an incredible goal just if you haven't seen the goal you've got to find a clip of it it was an incredible right footed shot from outside the box but really more so than even the shot it was the way that he set it up he received the ball Just kind of on the just outside the box on kind of not the left corner, but uh, kind of about halfway between the left corner of the box and and the top of the box. And, And he had to shift the ball, he takes one touch, and then the defender slides at him and he shifts the ball around the sliding defender, takes one more touch, and just unleashes it. And you know arrows it it had a little bit of bend on it was hit hard enough that it certainly wasn't a you know a real hooking shot into the corner but it had just that driven bend keeper with no chance diving full outstretched to his left and mount just across goal and into the corner and uh, pulling off one of his patented goofy mason mount celebrations with a little juke right left and then the punch in the air and, uh, you know, you, it was, it was a nice moment. You could tell it was a preseason moment that, you know, normally when you, when you hit one like that to go up two one, that that's probably going to be the winner. You know, that's uh one you celebrate pretty big. I think Mason had a little fun with it. He and the, he and the teammates, because certainly there's a recognition. This is just, you know, preseason and the, and the, the three points, so to speak, that they take home last night. Don't, don't mean much in the end. It's not even nearly as much as, as getting home, uh, with everybody healthy, but, uh, still i mean that's kind of what you come for right you expect in preseason that you're going to have um you know maybe not that not everybody in their top form um you know you're going to see a lot of squad depth you're going to see a a little bit of rust but maybe and hopefully you're going to see one or two moments of just pure class pure brilliance and maybe if you're really lucky you'll get it from the guy that's you know who a lot of people's favorite player at least somebody that i won't say everybody because there's twitter and i've seen you know you can you can there's plenty of haters on Twitter, but Mason Mount, uh, somebody beloved at the club, and uh, it was really nice to see him start off his preseason that way. Um, so we'll see what the boys can do. You know, coming up, coming up later in the week, just a couple days away now. Um, on Wednesday, they'll be playing. Down in Charlotte, so just one another plane trip back to the East Coast, and then you know I guess that'll make at least their return trip back to England that much shorter. Having you know that's a long, long trip if you got to go to London all the way across to to Los Angeles. That's a uh, ooh man, that's a that's talk about some jet lag there. So they'll start working their way back east, having made it to Vegas, and they will move on to Charlotte. Um, that'll be, again, it's kind of nice as over here in America anyway. And and for me, I'm in the mountain time zone and to have had an 8 p.m. kickoff time for Chelsea and Club America last night, which was, you know, that's, that's, uh, it seemed very unusual, but it was also got a little taste, uh, if not the competition, but at least the timing of what, you know, the European, uh, England fans get for, for the Champions League midweek matches, those kind of, it's 1 p.m. here, at least in the mountain time zone. And, you know, that, 7 hour shift over to England be at 8 p.m. and you know obviously last night wasn't uh yeah it wasn't wasn't any we were, there wasn't anything really on the line um uh, but it was it was it was fun to kind of watch it in in prime time so to speak and have it be kind of the event of the day and have all day to kind of look forward to it um even though like I said there wasn't there wasn't really anything on the line uh to look forward to other than just hoping again for a clean bill of health so um, you know, I think I think final thoughts, uh, you know, from the match, um, again, I, outside of the individual performances to kind of talk through um, all the way through and, and kind of how the match played itself out, uh, you know, what, one of the things that I've, I personally am looking to this preseason and, and I don't know if my, obviously even, we never know what the manager's uh, focuses will be in, in preseason. Obviously. Um, we they always talk about health talk about getting to see some of the players that may or may not be going out on loan getting to make some deci- final decisions about players of course getting a good feel for players fitness and then getting those that maybe aren't quite up to speed in that regard you know where they need to be come first week of the season um, you know there's a lot of stuff going on but one thing I'm interested to see if if outside of the normal sort of preparation for the season are we seeing different things on the pitch not just you know not not necessarily even players like sure we'll see sterling and cool bali probably down down in charlotte but are we seeing different tactics are we seeing a different setup are we seeing things that you know kind of make the make just from the eye test kind of say wait a minute that looks really different than what i saw last year or you know whoa i want to see some more of that um, one match in probably way too early to tell, especially with everybody only getting forty-five minutes. But um, you know, w- one thing of note: Chelsea again plays plays three center backs in both halves. Um, yeah, you know, they at least played people in center half, three center half positions. I don't know; they didn't really use three center halves because they didn't have that many. Um, you know, em- Emerson, for instance, he can play left center back, but you know, that's not really his primary spot. And I thought he did a did a good job. From there but really you know he did the best When he was able to get out wide Having him and Alonzo on the left side was almost Like having dual left wing backs They kind of did create a lot of problems although I'm not sure that would be a a Defense from a defensive setup I'm not sure that's Something you'd want to trust against most You know any team where you're not going to have The lion's share of possession Um, But you know again For me it's about the midfield I'd really Like to see uh, my Concern I don't know if that's a fair way to say it but when I look at this team and I I Say this is these are the areas that I don't necessarily, I I don't know why I would go into this year feeling wildly more optimistic than what I saw last year in certain regards, and, and that would be the midfield because we haven't really made any changes. Ingo uh, Kante and Ruben Loftus Cheek, I should say, both of whom had to stay home in England. Uh, they did were not able to be part of the American tour preseason tour um, due to uh covid vaccination uh, uh status is all I, I i don't i don't know if i know the exact details um i think i think you know each country's got a little bit different rules for how many vaccinations timing does a positive case of covid count as a one shot uh whatever it was that they were not able to make the trip didn't comply with the full vaccination status required to make the trip here in america and so while they're going to get a little bit of time and have gotten a few minutes with some of the academy players back in england that's a big mess because um they're they're two players that obviously in goal conte um in his case more so probably just just making sure he's you know feeling fit um uh, feeling good and getting his legs kind of up and running I, i you know i don't think anybody expects conte to play the minutes he used to uh several years ago um but Obviously, he's still going to be an incredibly important person to be part of that Chelsea midfield regularity. Um, you know, especially if Chelsea doesn't strengthen the midfield with any incoming options. And and so far, um, that certainly appears that, that well, I just, you just haven't heard all of the talks in the transfer market have been around center backs, maybe another attacker or an attacker that can also play wing back, and then maybe even a number nine. Although I don't, I don't see that happening there's just crickets when it comes to the conversation about what's Chelsea going to do about their midfield going into this season. So, um, you know, I I think that while it'd be nice to see them focus on that, it's a little bit telling and, and then that they're probably not. And so they may just be happy with the options they have. So, you know, are you going to see guys like Ampadu get a little time in the midfield? Is he going to even stick around? Will he play in center back? Um, you know, you expect to see Jorginho and Kovacic regularly there. Um, Loftus Cheek, you know, I it's it this he's the one I mentioned Conte probably not the biggest thing for him to miss this tournament other than being part of you know the squad and making you know the the training time and especially with some new signings, but Loftus Cheek I think you know unlike a guy like Kennedy or Batchuay who's still sort of here and part of preseason like they are every year but it's just sort of like almost a club mascot at this point even Ross Barkley to some degree, uh you know Loftus Cheek it's it he's here to be. a big part of this next year and with without a big focus on bringing in midfield replacements like there is a massive opportunity but there was last year also and you know i don't think that that opportunity was grabbed in the way that a lot of people would have liked to see him grab it and probably the way ruben would have liked to grab it so you know uh, he looks great um like you know he had something on his instagram the other day about needing some bigger shorts because his you know he's just he looks great like he always does i mean he's built he's so strong he's athletic he's a smart player he can do so many different things in the midfield i mean he's such a he's such a unique player because of the combination of his technical skill along with his physical ability um and and just a guy having been around the club for so long everybody wants to see succeed at the highest level but uh that's a big disappointment for me for this trip because with loft his cheek getting to kind of say make an appearance like conor gallagher did last night again not the same player but you know a guy who who if he gets his 45 minutes right there may be able to say wow that's a guy to really keep an eye on the next few matches instead he's not going to be part of the next you know a uh, couple matches and then it's you know the other guys are going to have had multiple matches together under their belt by the time they even return home uh i, I just think that's an up that's a that's not the way you want to start preseason leading into starting the season because it's almost like your season's you're gonna have to use the early season to work your way into the squad when really you'd have wanted that opportunity to come on well like everyone's is while they're out here in in america to do that so um you know i again i whether that's just sort of a bad luck or mismanagement of of the vaccine status situation i don't know i won't get into that but it is certainly a disappointment from the perspective of wanting to see you know loft his cheek and and see him really come in and, and maybe kind of be positioned to be at the top of the group. Um, You know, again, it's going to be Kovacic, Jorginho, Conte, um, maybe Gallagher, I think, is going to get in that mix because, again, while you know he might not be, that might not be his first and outright position. That's kind of what his options probably going to be. He might play some backup further up the pitch for a mound or something like that. But I, I don't think so. I think you're going to see him there in that mix with, you know, Georginio Um So anyway, I just th- that's an interesting spot. Um, I, I kind of went, kind of got into the rabbit hole with Loftus Cheek. But just going back to my original point that. Um, that that midfield kind of looked like it was going to be the same. That Chelsea's going to play the ball really wide. Um, they're going to excel in those areas, particularly in the second half. We saw it last night with Alonso, and that's a really tip. That's a telltale sign of Chelsea, where a guy like Alonso is so potent on the left side because he's so far up the pitch all the time. And again, um, you know, you can't just assume that that you know Chelsea will play the same way uh, all preseason or even. Once the season starts, just because they did last night against uh, a club, and again, when players only have forty-five minutes to, to be on the pitch, like what are you going to do? Play twenty minutes of a formation, and then before you've even got your, you know, like before you've even broken a sweat, you're switching a formation, and then going back to new guys and try. So I, I, again, I don't think it's real telling what we saw last night. Just saying, you know, what we did see was kind of kind of more of the same. Um, and, and again, I think what that what that makes me nervous on on a tangent to the midfield is just what the pressure it puts on our attack because you know again mentioned it earlier hudson adoy not a big part last night in part because i don't necessarily think he gets to be in areas where he can just be a constant threat and really put uh you know kind of put defenders to the sword and and when you can push him out wide sure he's got a great cross in but like when you can cut him down to that's that's what he's got to do is just put in a long cross that's that i'd take that if i'm a defense um same thing with reese james out on the right um uh or or some of you know chelsea's even forwards over on the right side like Ziyech at times like uh, he's got a fantastic ball into the box but he did last year too and you didn't chelsea's not a team uh even last year with lukaku they weren't a team that was gonna just put you know a bunch of headers in the back of the net um from from long crosses from that way out on the wing so um, I, you know, you'd get a lot of overplay, overlapping success out there. And, and even Chelsea's, uh, you know, Werner's goal came from getting the ball down the right flank, down wide, and then working it into the box and then a cut back. So, you know, that's going to be a big part of the attack. But, Um, I don't know, I would would like to see as we move on through the preseason a little bit of flexibility in the midfield, particularly to just create the ability to have a little bit more combination play in the midfield and then have a little bit more ability to spring an attack in the middle of the park. Now again, when you're going to have a lot of possession and teams are compact against you, it's not like you can just march down the middle of the park, and, and Chelsea also we've seen them be matched oftentimes when they play three center backs they might play a team with three center backs so you know again working it through the middle may be easier said than done but uh, again i i just think that's something that would be is it, it would be nice to have and and partly to go one step further why i think chelsea can't do that very well is because their midfield for one they're playing two midfielders essentially when they have a back 5 but they they or at least you know i maybe three if you count one really attacking player but you know, if that's a two-man midfield of, say, Jorginho and Kovacic, first of all, it's a two-man midfield, so that's, so that's, you know, it's two guys to patrol all that area. Second of all, those guys aren't diverse enough players to um, offer different options, especially when there's two of them. So Jorginho, for instance, is not, while well, he's an excellent passer and can bring a lot of um, quick-movement and offers a lot of actually different qualities to the team there's things he really does not offer for instance um any kind of defensive support and and he's really not particularly athletic either so um, in a Premier League that's just full of athletes in the midfield he he can get kind of bypassed and what that does is really force even though Jorginho is not an attacking midfielder it, it forces his his fellow midfielder to also be very defensive because he can you can't leave him back exposed to where he's going to have to be athletic and cover a lot of ground. That is what N'Golo Conte has done so well over the years, more so than being a, a a backline shielding defensive midfielder. He's been a roaming defending midfielder who can cover so much territory and allow other midfielders to really kind of do other things. We saw that particularly, I think, with Ses Fabregas. Now, you know, Nemanja Macic actually really was the one that allowed Fabregas to play, play free. But, you know, I think I think Jorginho maybe doesn't give the flexibility there, but I think I use him as the example because I think he'll have the most minutes there. Um, he's, you know, been assistant captain. I, Kovacic obviously um, will play a ton of minutes there too. A uh, little bit of a different player, um, obviously more of a ball, progressive midfielder, uh, uh, a good passer too, also not real defensive, not real athletic, but but maybe at least a little bit more so, so than Jorginho. Um, so anyway, I, it's one of the reasons Connor Gallagher becomes interesting to me in that mix Because he, he can be um, a little bit more athletic, create a little bit more pressure He's still by no means a defensive midfielder So uh, please don't hear me say that that's gonna, he's going to solidify a midfield But I do think that's why he creates an option and can, can push for more minutes there Because I think he can create a, ha, create some of the same um, uh, fluidity in the midfield While also creating having a little more bite there as well Um, so we'll see if that's, again, I think that's kind of the plan for Connor, but we'll just, we'll just see if that's what continues to develop. And, um, you know, all the, all this to be said, it's clear Chelsea's looking to play a style that, that doesn't focus on a real center of attack. They've clearly not going to look to try to sign Ronaldo. They've gotten rid of Lukaku. Um, they don't have a out and out number nine. It doesn't sound like Armando Broja may stay around, but it doesn't, you know, he's not going to be Chelsea's. Uh, they're not going to play the ball through him And have that be their game plan So, you know, it's going to be sort of I won't say like Manchester City uh, But it'll be this, like, multitude of attacking options um, And and I think they want to be able to To bring some different looks And to me, that would include some really different Some flexibility, not just in the way they play But in the way they line up to play in their formation So um, that's something that, you know, I'll be talking more about as the preseason going on early in the season Are we seeing some more tactical flexibility um, you know, and, and do any of the signings that Chelsea bring in allow for that um, or do any of the players that are outgoing um, make that a bigger challenge? So, That'll be that'll be something obviously to pay attention to beyond just kind of the the fun thing of seeing Chelsea play again and um, it looks like like I say, I think the next the next time for the, for those of the, those folks listening here in the U S uh, the next game against uh, Charlotte's on on Wednesday the 20th it's a 5 p m Mountain start that's 7 p m Eastern 4 p m Pacific Chelsea taking on Charlotte FC um, another chance for the club to get out and you know see a, see a different part of the country so hopefully once again just get back play be healthy. Um, and maybe we'll get our first chance to see uh, Koulibaly and Sterling and Chelsea Blue out on the pitch. So uh, until, until Wednesday, uh, thanks for joining us here today, talking about uh, the match, um, and uh, until, uh, until next time, all the best, Chelsea fans.